welcome to another episode of the Power of Three podcast. We're three lifelong Doctor Who fans. We like to share our love and occasionally criticise and cast aspersions on how much we enjoy certain parts of Doctor Who and the worlds associated with it. I'm Kenny Smith and today I'm joined by Tom Harris. Greetings, Earthlings. And I'm also joined by David Steele. Hello everyone, welcome back. Thank you for joining us. I, I must emphasise there when, when Kenny says that we share our love, it's our love for each other and for the programme. <laughs> I'm going to let my wife hear that. <laughs> oh, Sorry, I'm not going to let my wife hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Nor I mine. As listeners know, will know, we celebrated our 50th episode quite recently, and when Doctor Who on the telly did its 50th anniversary, it was the Day of the Doctor. So today we are going to have the day of when I met the Doctor, and we're going to talk through when we met various actors who have played the Doctor. Has anybody met William Hartnell? <laughs> I no. don't think that would have been possible, really. When did he die? Was it about 75 or something? Five, yeah. yeah. April 75, I think, yeah. yeah. God bless him. Yeah, no, I met his uh, granddaughter, uh, Jessica Kearney. Well, that's pretty cool. Oh, that's good. That's That counts. Does that count? Yeah, that, she, yeah, she. I mean, she was at an event where, which we'll come into this later on, because I met quite a few of the actors there. But it was the launch in 2013 of the uh, Royal Mail stamps that we've that we've mentioned before. The stamps, um, and there's a number of lots and lots of actors from the show there. And uh, I got speaking to Jessica, who obviously wrote the biography of her grandfather, which I now have, didn't have at the time, uh, and she was lovely. And I've got a yeah. photograph of me with Jessica. Awesome. That's very nice. I met her at one of the Monoptican conventions back in, I think it was about 1994. And she was there when the the Doctor Who biography originally came out that she had written. And she was she was there. And I remember making a, a slightly crass comment and she overheard it. And uh, <laughs> well, what, right. was, what was the comment? Yes, what, what did you say? Ah, this book entitled My Grandfather the Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> she heard you and she heard you did she? and she heard me and she turned around and stared at me and uh oh dear at the time i just styled it out with a just a and then brushed it off so that um, was that was your entire meeting with her that was my meeting with her and um, i'm yeah. sure she remembers it as clearly as i do well can i just say um, my meeting with her went a lot better than that it's, um, <laughs> Was was William a Nazi? I haven't read the book. I'm ashamed to say. So I, I don't think he was an actual member of the German National Socialist Party, but I think some of his views on race were certainly of the time, shall we say? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. religion as well. He wasn't. A, he wasn't a fan of a certain religion either. So he was. Uh, yeah. And 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 don't start him on sexuality. No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've heard I've heard the anecdotal sort of stuff about that. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's draw draw draw, <laughs> yes. draw a line over that then. Patrick Troughton. Did him to meet Patrick Troughton? I think lots of people met him, and lots of people were married to him, but they weren't aware of each other's <laughs> existence. But no, I've never met him. <laughs> I do have his autograph. Oh, oh wow, really? that's pretty good. That was back in the days you could write off to the BBC production office. And they would send you these lovely BBC postcards and sometimes they would be signed when they came back. And right. I was lucky enough to write off. And after my friend Alistair showed me the postcards he'd got. So I wrote to the production office and I got a few back. And back came one with Patrick Troughton and it was signed. And what year was that? That would be about 1986. Right, right. so... Happy yeah, I've still got it. Uh, of course. That would be, um, be in the wake of the two doctors, I suppose, probably. They probably they probably got him in for an afternoon to sign a pile of them. That's great. Yeah. Have we have, have any met, met um any of his, his kids, you know, his, his sons who, who act? Have any of us met them? Yes, I've met David. Cool. Is that the one who's in the archers at the moment? Was he in Curse of Peladon? Yes. yes. Right. He's yeah. now in he's now one of the older actors in, in the archers because Carol listens to it. So he's um and of course he's Bob Buzzard in the, the a very peculiar practice, which you, you let me ages ago, which I need to finish. Um, and we'll come on to that when we're talking about Peter Alongside Davis. Devo. Yeah. Alongside Devo, yeah. So, so no, um, I don't think I've ever met any of his acting sons. Or his permanent ones either. <laughs> John Pertwee. Yes, John Pertwee. Tom? 
Uh, no, sadly, although he was my doctor, I would love to have met him. And uh, I, I met at that same event, I met Sean Pertwee, who was there representing the family. And that was lovely. And, uh, you know, I was able to say to him, as, as I'm sure thousands of people have told him over the years, you know, your dad was my doctor. And yeah. I remember hearing an interview with him once where he said mm-hmm. that he would watch his dad get into all this peril on a Saturday evening and get genuinely scared for him and upset that people were being mean to him. And I have to say, I shared the same experience because I used to look at, I remember at the end of an episode of Frontier in Space and the doctor was in an airlock and the air was draining out of it. And I remember very vividly getting quite upset, the idea that the doctor was going to die. And it was amazing that emotional connection that you had at that that age. um, Absolutely. That was, it was was just, it was quite powerful. So anyway, I told him all of that nonsense and he was very nice and he listened politely, Uh, but it wasn't a fan event as such. You know, it was, it was a slightly different event. It was a kind of parliamentary event. So I think he was quite a wee bit surprised and I think quite happy that there was a genuine fan there because it wasn't a fan event, you know, and I, uh, and, and we chatted a wee bit about that. And I also took time to thank him for his support for the Labour Party in the 2010 general election because he'd done a party election broadcast. And I said to him, are you going to help us out again? And he actually said that he was a wee bit cautious about that because he had incurred quite a lot of criticism from various oh, people right. when he did the first time, yeah. So there Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I have a Sean Pertwee anecdote before I come on to a John one. A few years ago, I tweeted out a picture that I'd found in the newspaper archive that I have access to. And it was a picture of the Pertwee family in the garden about 1975, something like that. And I tweeted it and somebody retweeted it and tagged him in it, which I hadn't thought to do. And said, oh my word, these pictures are amazing. I've never seen them before. So I downloaded all the pictures and emailed them to his agent. And his agent came back with a message to say, thank you very much. He's over the moon. He'd never seen any of them before. There was about five of them. So that was quite nice. That's really nice. Yeah. Dave, have you met John? Yes, yes, I met him twice. I'm, oh, wow. I'm so, so grateful for. Um, you, you've impressed me for the very first time, David. Oh, <laughs> amazing. It's <laughs> taken a while, that's good. Um, the first time, first time was in March 1992. The, do you remember the early 90s, there was an exhibition at the Museum of the Moving Image called Behind the Sofa, which sort of celebrated Doctor Who. Um, it moved to Paisley for a few months, a much, much smaller version of it, sort of took residence in the, the Paisley Museum and Art Galleries. And... Because the week that it was being set up, John was sort of doing the promotional rounds because the Pertwee Years video had been released. And he came to Paisley for a little press event to sort of to launch the to launch the exhibition. The exhibition hadn't been set up yet. I've got a photograph that I took that and then someone shouted at me of, of the, the frosted glass through, you know, you could see all the stuff in behind getting set up because I was at college in Paisley at the time. I remember it was a Friday afternoon and went along with my sister and a couple of pals a few of the folks from college were there as well. And, you know, he arrived and he walked up the steps and then he came. Um, they had a model along, you know, in a you know, long hair and a short skirt, obviously, because such things were required, I suppose, for a bit of glamour. He took lots of photographs with the various props and, you know, I had no idea what her name was, but she popped up, popped up in a couple of original TV adverts from at the same time, so she probably did fairly well for a while. But it was really cool because they, they did a signing, they did a TV and a video set up and they stuck on a copy of the pair to me years and, I got my copy of the original Making a Doctor Who book with John on the cover, got him signed by it. And the thing that I always remember, a sort of noise came from the telly and he looked at the telly and he looked at me and, you know, is that one of mine? And I was like, yeah, it's, um, it's Frontier in Space. <laughs> and he's like, all right, you know, sign my book. And it was just like, I was totally, totally starstruck. It was the first time I'd met the Doctor. First time I'd seen him, at the, seen him three years earlier in The Ultimate Adventure. But I'd never met any of them face to face before. And it was... It was a thrill. The second time I met him was at the Scarrison Convention in Glasgow in 1996, and he, and he died less than two months later. Um, I got got a signed photograph of Wurzel, got a photograph with him. He did a really good panel on stage with Colin Baker, which was really nice. So grateful to see that, you know, two of them together. It was really sort of quite poignant because he, he died so soon after. It was so yeah. sad. I mean, I, was, I sort of had a, sort of a couple of fleeting encounters with him. The first time, actually, was when you, that one you mentioned, Paisley, when he was in Glasgow, he did a signing in HMV, and right. I did an exam that day, so I couldn't go. So my sister kindly went in and got my Pair to Be Years video signed for me, and she was quite happy because she was a big Wurzel Gummidge fan, more than a Doctor Who fan. 
And the next time was when he was indeed at the Scarrison Convention in Glasgow. I was in the dealer's room as my friend Mark and I were doing our fanzine, Clifferone, which we were selling. And, and John came around and was doing the rounds, having a look at, in the dealer's room at all the stuff that was there and got a quick hello and a very quick chat with him, literally about 30 seconds. And it, it was lovely, absolutely lovely. A, a gent, um, a proper old school you know, almost like a proper Victorian relic in many ways, even though he wasn't Victorian being born when he was. I remember when he when the news came through he died and I was in the car, Carlin and I were, I think we're driving back from work and it came over the news. And I was really emotional. I mean, it was it, it hit me quite hard, harder than I expected, actually, because, yeah. and I suppose that's natural because he was, you know, as I said, he was my doctor, first kind of programme I was ever into. The only other two celebrity deaths that hit me that hard were Eric Morecambe and John Lennon. <laughs> I remember when it was announced on TV news that John had died. I remember seeing it on the BBC News. I actually recorded it on video at the time because it was a chance to get some old clips just in case. Immediately afterwards, I remember that was also the day that Ian Rush left Liverpool and signed for Leeds United for football fans who are listening. So there we go. Excellent. No, I was I was working at Abbey National and one of the, the people, that, one of my colleagues, I think he had the radio on in the office or something, came through and told me and, and I was sort of like, oh, it's quite such. I would have preferred. To, I, prefer, I would have preferred to have heard it from someone else. Put it that way. But I remember seeing it on the news. I remember they, they had um, they had Sylvester McCoy on, sort of saying a few words about you know how well regarded John was and all sorts of stuff. And it was really strange because when when he died, you know, there was an element I think of fandom that kind of took him for granted at the time because he was um, he was never afraid to go to conventions. He always wore his costume, you know, so he looked good for you know if you were getting your photograph with him. And I think there was a there was. There was quite, there was an element of fandom that was quite dismissive of him. I think kind of triggered by some 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 articles and stuff by a, a prominent Doctor Who writer who I won't mention. Um, although he took the he took the King Shilling and then wrote a mini series for him for for the Third Doctor for Titan Comics. So make of that what you will. Call it hypocrisy. I certainly do. And it was really really sad that John died because I think you know if he'd if he'd if he'd gone on a few more years, obviously he would have been involved with Big Finish. He would have been happy to do that. And, if it, you know, it's nice to think that if he'd lasted another ten years, he'd have seen the revival of the series. Because I, I'm such a huge fan. I'm a, I think I'm a bigger fan of John Pertwee the person than I am of his Doctor, and I love his Doctor. I love watching interviews with him. I read his autobiography. It's fascinating. He could, he had a really amazing life, and he could really tell a story. I, big fan. Tom Baker, Tom, our Tom. Ah, uh, um, I, I did eventually get to meet him, but my first attempt. To- to, at meeting him was a disaster because I had had some money left over. This was 1979, so I had some money left over from uh, a school trip, and my pal Brem and I decided that we couldn't have this money in our pockets burning a hole, so we took a trip up to Glasgow and uh, went to our favourite bookshops and bought lots of stuff, including Doctor Who uh, stuff. Um, and when we got back, I read a report that Tom Baker was due to appear at John Menzies' bookshop in Buchanan Street to sign copies of The Horror of Fang Rock that had just been released. And I pleaded and pleaded with my mum to give me enough money, because I'd spent it all, to go back up to Glasgow to meet him. And she just refused, but she couldn't afford it. And I never got the chance to meet him on that occasion. That's, and of course, we, we know now that David Tennant and who else... Uh, there was a couple. Oh, Stephen Moffat and I think, I think Peter Capaldi. I think might have been in the in, the, in that, that uh, yeah, event. I so I didn't get to meet him until 2013 at the Royal Mail stamps uh, launch, and I I got a, quite a long chat with him. Got a few photographs taken, and he was keeping very mum about any rumours of his appearance in in Day of the Doctor. Uh, but it was oh. lovely. It was a, a and I told him that wee story about how I missed him at the Buchanan <laughs> Street. Okay, Dave, have you met Tom? Yes, I met him a few times, mainly mainly at conventions. I won't, won't talk about all of all of the times I met him. I'll keep it, I'll keep it brief. First time I met him, like a lot of other people, I'm sure, at the the 1997 Minoptican convention, me and my pal Tony Nixon in the queue, like everyone else, and I got my Dimensions in Time Radio Times cover signed by him. I think at that point it was already signed by by John Pertwee and Colin Baker, and I just thought, sort of said, look, it's so cool. As I sort of jumped out the side of the table to get my photograph taken, I said, "Listen, you know, it's so cool to see you. You know, we all love you. You know, you're amazing. You're, you know, you're our hero." And when when I looked at my Radio Times, he wrote something else and he'd written to David, Tom Baker, and thanks. And I thought, "Oh, that was lovely." Met him a couple more times actually in 1997 because he was at the Panopticon Convention in September, and then a couple of weeks later, when he was 
he was out touring his um his autobiography. And I got my copy of it signed at Waterstones in Socky Hall Street in Glasgow, which is very exciting. It wasn't much of a queue, there was no one else about. And I had a you know a minute or two just kind of talked to him on and sort of said, you know, it was it was funny because I'd gone 24 years without meeting Tom Baker. And then I literally saw him twice in the space of a fortnight. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it was it was amazing. And I've seen a couple more conventions since. I remember an event that they did at the at the Tron Theatre. He did an evening when um the boy who kicked pegs his other book was out. So that, I think that might have been the last time. I can't really remember. I, I might have seen him since. But yeah, a few times. Just he's a legend. It's, I love him. I yeah. mean, the, 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 the Doctor Who fandom. I mean, I suppose it's like every other fandom, you know, you, you, you get an opportunity to meet your heroes, but Doctor Who fandom does seem to have an awful lot of opportunities. It's very open, isn't it? I mean, if you've been a fan and if you've made the effort to go to all these conventions, the chances are you're going to get to meet whoever you want to meet yeah. at some point. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's, it's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I remember growing up and seeing photographs in Doctor Who magazine of the conventions happening in England and just sort of thinking, oh, I wish I could go to those. And it wasn't until my mid-twenties that I started going and it was heaven, just getting to meet all these people that I'd known for years. Yeah. Well, I've met Tom, Tom Baker, not obviously Tom Harris twice. I've met Tom Baker twice and interviewed him once. The first time was after he had been up to Paisley, following on from Dave mentioned uh -huh. earlier, the exhibition. They had a Doctor Who Day organised by John Nathan Turner, in which there were various speakers and the headline speaker was Tom Baker for that. Yeah, I was I was at I was at the Paisley Arts Centre, wasn't it? Yeah. That's the one. And yeah. afterwards Tom was the last speaker and and he went, just disappeared at the end. And because at the lunch break, I'd heard people talking who were working on the event, that Tom was going up to the nearby town hall to do some pictures at the exhibition. But he would be leaving earlier before the event properly closed. So I was there with my friend Alan, and as soon as this thing finished, I'd actually get parked quite close by earlier in the day. So we got in the car and we darted up the road, and because we knew that Tom was going to be heading up there with JNT, and we actually you know, driving along towards it. Looked at Alan and said, "There they are! There they are at the top of a hill." So we pulled <laughs> over and literally jumped out the car and said hello to Tom. I got him to sign my BBC postcard. Unfortunately, the pen wasn't that great, but it's imprinted, so he wrote it on the back. And he was suffering really badly from sciatica that day. And oh, no. having really had a bout of that myself, I can sympathise with him and uh, know how bad it was. But yeah, that was the first time I met Tom. And the second one was when he did his signing for Who on Earth is Tom Baker? I went to the signing in Edinburgh and got a chat with him and was there with a lot of my pals from the Edinburgh Doctor Who group and we had a big group picture taken, which was lovely. The time I interviewed him was for Vortex when it had been fixed up by David Richardson to have a wee chat about when he had he'd done his first batch of the audio adaptations um, adapted from Gareth Roberts's novels. Oh, of and course. fixed up beforehand and um, said, right, Tom's expecting your call at whatever time it was so make sure you call them then and uh, he's expecting your call and I mean I've over the years you know I've interviewed an awful lot of people you know people in quite lofty positions you know really well-known politicians the lot but I have never in my life been more scared and nervous than when it came to interviewing Tom Baker so I made sure that I was fully prepped I knew what he'd be talking about he did a really really good chat and I think that appeared in January 2016's Vortex or maybe in January 2015 and which he talks about um, when he dies, he'd like his body to be preserved and taken to the big Finnish offices so people can pay a pound to have their picture taken with his body and uh, he'll make a few quid in death for his estate. So. Okay, so that was Tom Baker. So let's move on another incarnation and let's go for everybody's favourite space vet. It's Peter Davison. Dave. Yes. Yes, I love Peter Davison. Everyone knows that. I think if... if um. If Tom Baker had fallen off the big satellite dish and turned into anyone else, I don't know if I would have become quite as big a Doctor Who fan as I did. I idolised him as a little boy. I thought he was great because he was always really funny and all creatures great and small and getting into trouble. And then when he became Doctor Who, it was just the best thing I'd ever seen. I didn't meet him until 1997. It was the that year's Panopti convention when I met Tom Baker for the second time. And there'd been a bit of doubt on the day as to A, whether or not Peter was actually attending and B, whether or not he was going to be doing autographs. 
they obviously figured something out and, and, he, and he did he did sign autographs. I got him to sign my radio times, my dimensions and time radio times. And I'm, I, <laughs> after I freaked out, I was freaked out completely. I mean, I I'd idolized this guy my whole life um, and finally getting to meet him. And I just sort of said, I said, you know, sorry, I'm, I'm freaking out on the quiet here, you know. It's really, really cool to meet you. And he, and he was, you know, he was very modest and said, you know, that's fine. You know, so I'm ne- never sure where to sign these things, you know, sign the radio times. And, and it was, and it was great. And I think I, I think I floated for about three weeks. I was just so happy. Um, then met him again about a year after that at the memorabilia fair at the exhibition centre in Glasgow. And I can see the photograph is looking right down at me that I got signed then. And I managed to, I was a bit more composed then. My sister and I went over to see him and had a wee chat. And I got photos signed and got something else signed for um for a lassie I knew at the time who had hated him when she was a girl. <laughs> so and I told them all about this and he thought it was hilarious. And again, I've met him, I think once or twice, I think again at other conventions, got a photograph taken with him in the studio at the um the Battlefield convention in, in 2000. I can't think the last that might have been the last time I met him. I'm not sure. There might have been there might have been one or two other conventions since, but it was um as far as as far as being a Doctor Who fan. It's the biggest thrill I've ever had actually meeting anyone from the programme in real life was when I, I finally got to meet Peter Davison for the first time. Tom? I met Peter Davison at, guess what? The Royal Mail <laughs> launch of the commemorative stamps in 2013. It was great and he was, you know, he was just lovely to speak to and I got a photograph taken with him and he was quite interested in the fact that I was an MP and the number of MPs that were present. But afterwards, I was kicking myself because... My favourite performance of his is not in Doctor Who. It's in a very peculiar practice. And it's a, it's a show I, I genuinely love and I've read the books and I, I like a, a lot of Andrew Davis's work. And I think it'd be really interesting to speak to Peter about, you know, his, his experience on that. He did two seasons and it's one of the most intelligent and funny, funniest um, dramas of the 1980s. And I think it's very, very underrated. And uh, I just, you know, I think it, I don't think it had quite come out on DVD at that point. There was a lot of problems getting a very peculiar practice onto DVD. There was all sorts of rights issues and I'm not quite sure what they were, but it didn't actually end up being released until, you know, probably after 2013. I think the box set that I've got that I lent you, Davey, is the first time the whole thing had actually appeared on DVD and I'm not sure why that is. But anyway... And I think that's one of the reasons why it's, it's never really caught on as a, in part of the of our culture. Uh, but I would love to have taken that opportunity to to speak to him about that. But actually, I was just so starstruck. I thought, this, this, the, <laughs> this is the fifth Doctor, for goodness sake. Yeah, and and yeah. we just we just talked about uh, about Doctor Who. Awesome. I've met him twice, and I've seen him at conventions, things at other times. The first time was actually, and I can tell you the exact date off the top of my head, not because I'm a geek, well, yes, I am, but I can work out exactly because it was my last week working at the Inverurie Advertiser, my very first job up in Aberdeenshire, and went into the office on the Monday, and my colleague Steve said, there's a press release here you might like, in the days when press releases were printed out, and it was on uh, the Gordon District Council logo, which was orange, and it was orange and white, and it said... Doctor Who star Peter Davison to open the Easter of Quarties Stone Circle Trail, which was literally about a mile and a half from my office. Brilliant. So that was on Wednesday, the 22nd of March, 1995. I know that because I started work at the Eastcobrine News on the 27th of March, 1995. So Brilliant. I made my way up to the Thamestone House Hotel and introduced myself. No other press were there. Nobody bothered, not even Grampian TV or anything. Well, so probably- I went up and... I was introduced to him and and basically just sat and had a cup of tea with him for about 20 minutes. And we just chatted. I got the interview that I needed for the paper and we were just chatting about it because he said, oh, it's uh, I must be the new Mystic Meg if they're inviting me to do this. So you're talking about stone circle trails and things like that. And you're very, very self-deprecating, great line in humour. And so we'd finished, you know, did the proper interview stuff. And at the end, finished with, Peter, can I just say three words to you? Androzani, Frontios, Castrovalva. And he just went, you're one of them, aren't you? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and it was really, really good. So I got my chat, got some, you know, took some pictures of him. I got a wee interview also for um, Paisley Pattern, the Glasgow Doctor Who group fanzine of the time. Mm-hmm. And no, it wasn't, it was for Zeg, which was the one that came after that. 
and I spoke to him about loads of stuff like Peter Davison's book of alien planets and Peter Davison's book of alien monsters, which I bought as a kid through the Tufty Club or whatever it was called, the, the kids' book club at school. Yeah. So I spoke to him about those. And, you know, I had a nice wee chat with him and went back to the office, you know, with signed pictures, which I've still got. And it was, you know, just a really nice way to to end my time in Inverurie. It was the perfect send-off present and they didn't need to get me anything. <laughs> and the, the second time was 2019, uh, Big Finish Day. And because obviously through doing Vortex, I sort of, you know, scurry about and go into the green room and get, you know, can get some interviews and things done when I need them. Peter was there with his son, Joel, who's an actor as well. And we just sat down and Peter came and sat down beside me with Joel and we just started chatting away. For somebody we were talking about, you know, when he'd been up in Glasgow, I'd actually interviewed him on the phone, I forgot about that, for the Daily Records when they were doing the Doctor Who music stuff from Murray Gold, and which he presented at the Hydro in Glasgow. And right. we just started chatting about normal stuff, life, the universe and everything. And we ended up, for some reason, talking about property prices in Scotland. Yeah, I know. I was chatting about property with Doctor Who. My mum and dad would be so proud of me. Um, and uh, it was good. It was just a really nice, really nice, friendly guy. Yeah, he's a lovely guy. I was, always wish that, you know, I haven't met him and stuff. I wish that he'd been allowed to, to get a bit more of his personality, his, his sense of humour into his doctor. He's a very funny guy and it's, he didn't really get the chance. I've got another um, uh, fascinating story of how I didn't meet Peter Davison. Oh, right. uh, five years before I actually met him, I was at this really boring tenants group meeting in in the constituency when I was an MP in 2008. Was it a David Tenants group meeting? <laughs> and my phone buzzed, and I I was looking for any opportunity to be distracted, and I read this text message, and it was from Stephen Moffat, and uh, he said, "Do you and Carla want to come to the house uh, on Saturday to watch Silence in the Library?" Because it was his latest, you know, it was his double parter for the fourth season. And and I thought, oh, God, I would love to, but there's just no way. You know, we've got kids, we've, you know, we're stuck in Glasgow. And I, I replied at the time, I said, that is really nice, but thank you very much. I can't, I'll speak to you later. So I spoke to him the following week and he said, uh, so I suppose you couldn't turn up. Uh, David was there with Peter and Georgia. <laughs> and <a> bloody hell. <laughs> Me luck. Also, I was chatting with Peter when I was doing the, the, the Big Finish Day, and um, he told me what car he drives. Do you know what he drives? What car Peter Davison drives? Yeah. I have no idea what kind of car does Peter Davison drive. A Castro Volvo! <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Awful! Oh, God. Colin Baker then? Yes, I've met Colin a few times over the years. In fact, one time actually impressed my daughter. Uh, the first time I met him was, he was in tour, He was on tour in Glasgow, it was about 92, and he was touring in some show and he was at the Theatre Royal. So I went to the stage door and got my Twin Dilemma VHS tape signed. Some of you may recall that in these days, they used to do an exclusive video release now and again, and Woolworths had got the Twin Dilemma. And Colin's remark, because I'd still got the Woolworths exclusive sticker on the video box. He said, so I'm all, all I'm fit for is a Woolworths exclusive, eh? <laughs> and uh, he signed it for me and was really nice. And over the years, you know, interviewed him a few times and you know, chats quite often for Vortex and follows me on Twitter and stuff. Interviewed him at a convention in Glasgow, which was lovely when he came up and had the honour of going out for dinner with him the night before and, and sort of worked, you know, told him just what, we'll go through this, go through that. And is there any particular anecdotes you do want to tell or anything and such like? So that was all good. The last time I saw him, it was just after he'd been in I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here. And we watched that as a family. And Katie, you know, was quite impressed that said, Oh, I, I know, you know, sort of, I know him in passing. And then he was in Glasgow doing one of the signings. And Colin was there and he clocked me out the corner of his eye and he proclaimed loudly, Oh, I'm, I'm loving being in Glasgow, but I do not speak to people called Kenny when I'm here. <laughs> and Katie was absolutely gobsmacked. She's like, he knows you, Dan. It's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's two of my Colin highlights. Excellent. Um, yeah, I've met him a few times. The first time was at one of the people that ended up running Scarrison. They had a, a one-day freebie event with him in 1995. I think when about, it must have been April, May 1995, because I'd had, I'd had my hair cut for the interview at the bank. And I hadn't, but I still had the beard and the photographs, which means I hadn't started at the bank. So it must have been April 95. 
met him then, um, and my friend Richard, who wrote for his university newspaper, managed to blag it so that we could sit in a chat with him when the event finished, <laughs> which was just, I don't think it, his uni newspaper ended up using it, but it was quite fun. I've met him a few, met him at a few conventions and stuff since, but my, my favourite Colin story is, I think it must have been 2008 when he was touring with Noises Off and Alan McGuan and myself and a few other, I think Kenny might have been there, I can't remember actually, took him out for dinner. And the conversation amongst us all sort of led to what we all did. And at that point, I, I was still in HMV and I mentioned working in HMV and Colin's ears and eyes pricked up. And it was like, um, HMV, do you, get, do you get a discount? I said, yeah, it's, it's not bad, yeah. All right, okay. I said, yeah, well, come in and see me and, and we'll see what happens. As it was, he was staying in the south side of Glasgow when he was in, you know, while he was in the play. And um, he sort of mentioned, does anyone staying on the south side? Anyone want to share a taxi? So I ended up sharing a taxi with the doctor. Oh, wow. Um, and it was really nice because we had a really nice little chat and I was able to sit, you know, and, and sort of say to him, look, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful you know, for your doctor, I'm really grateful you, you you take the time for the fans and, you know, you know, thanks for the last 25 years. And he said, no, it's a pleasure. And he, he gave me some big Finnish gossip and said, look, you know, I'll tell you this, tell anyone else and he gets reported, he'll deny it, but we're going to be doing the Nightmare Fair and some of the other missing stories. And I was oh, terrific. And sure enough, the next day in the middle of the afternoon, I was at work in the, ground, the, in the basement of, of HMV or Gow Street and, um, and, and he came marching up after having been next door and Virgin or Xavier, whatever it was at the time, he said, I found you. Um, and so he went around and got a, got a pile of stuff together and I let him use my staff discount. Oh, great. And the other, the, the other story that ties into that was that my friend Daniel had just got full time. So I was starting chatting to Colin on the shop floor and Danny came up to tell me that Norm had told him he was getting full time. So the second person that, Dan, that Danny got to tell he was getting full time was Doctor Who. And Colin said, I remember Colin saying to him, yeah, just be careful, Daniel. You don't want to end up with David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so some since um some at the I think Al at Alan's convention in two thousand and nine. I think that might have been the last time I saw him. I'm not sure. What about you, but Tom? A lovely, guy. a lovely guy. I have never met Colin Baker. I have nothing more to add. <laughs> so what about Sylvester McCoy? You met Sylvester, Tom? I have never met Sylvester McCoy. I have nothing else to add. <laughs> Dave. Yes. Well. The first time I met Sylvester was, was also in Paisley. It was in 1993. It was another one of John Nathan's Doctor Who events, obviously following on from the one he'd done the year before. Um, this, was at the, this was at the town hall rather than the arts centre. And I have a really bad photograph that, that someone I knew from school who was also at the event took for me of me sort of perching on the table while Sylvester was signing. But he took it just practically the moment I perched and we're mid-conversation. It looks terrible. It's not posed. It's rotten. Met him a couple of times since the conventions. Got a photo taken with him in costume at the the Battlefield convention in 2000, which was really, 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 really nice. Anyway, and it's weird to think that, that was now that was like 21 years ago, and it was only at that point, you know, a little over 10 years since he'd stopped playing a part regularly on television. But it felt like a lifetime. But he, he did it in costume, and, and he was sort of doing it in character as well because they let me. He opened the door. It was my turn to go into the little studio. And he was sort of sat there, perched on the chair, full, full gear, the hat, the scarf, the jacket, the trousers, perched on the brolly. And he said, ah, lovely to see you again. And I was just like, oh, it was amazing. But my my other, so actually, I should tell you this story as well, that um, when the, the height of the independence referendum campaigning, my friend Daniel, who I mentioned a minute ago, who, who got to meet Colin Baker, he was cutting through George Square with, um, with his pal Andy. And Andy spotted Sylvester McCoy amongst the crowd and said, isn't that? they knew I was a big doctor. I think that's West McCoy. And Danny was like, yeah. So they went up and spoke to him and got a photograph. And I was on the I was at work at the HMV at the fort by this point on the till and I got a WhatsApp notification and Daniel had sent me this photograph of him with Sylvester McCoy. Sylvester waving his Scottish flag. So Scott Sylvester voted yes if anyone oh, I know oh I know um, as you know I'm not a great fan of Sylvester McCoy. The news that he voted yes didn't enhance my view of him, shall we say. <laughs> I'm not surprised. But yeah, my, my favourite story about him, really, they're all favourite stories because I love him, he's brilliant, was three years ago now, till end of January, start of February 2018, just after I left HMV, David Bickerstaff got myself and my sister and our friend Martin Rogerson, who I'm sure Kenny knows as well, got us all along to Capital City Sci-Fi Con in Edinburgh to help him out with the sort of chaperoning of the celebrities he was responsible for. So I got to be Sylvester's right-hand man for two days, which is basically deal with his punters, take the money, keep an eye on his table and keep an eye on him. And it was glorious. If you said to, you know, 15-year-old me, 
in 30 years' time, you're going to be babysitting him at a convention for a weekend. They wouldn't have believed it. He was great. I got a big hug when he left and he signed my copy of Delta and the Bannermen. And it was great, just great. So nice seeing him, seeing him interact with people. You know, the number of people that came up and said, I loved you in Still Game more than anything else. And just all the kids that loved him from The Hobbit. He was magical. He was, he was amazing. Lovely fella. I mean, I've, to be honest, he's the doctor I've met the most and interviewed the most over the years. First time I interviewed him was in maybe about May 1993 when I was at the Monopticon convention he was there and I had my student press card so I spoke to the organizers and I flashed the press card and it does look like the proper press card it's just in a different color from the, the proper one you would get said any chance I could get word with Sylvester McCoy for the Napier University newspaper and this was a complete load of crap. I just wanted to meet <laughs> Doctor Who and get a one-to-one -one chat with him. So myself and my friend Alan, when Alan said that he was, he was going to take pictures, so he was my photographer, and we just completely blagged it. And we actually got it. We got to meet Sylvester in the bar. We sat, we chatted to him for probably the best part of an hour. And his first words were, a half pint of Tetley Bitter, as he quite enjoyed a pint of Tetley Bitter, or a half pint of Tetley Bitter, and had a lovely time chatting to him. I mean, we talked all things, you know, Scotland, where are you from, blah, 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 blah and was really, really nice. Next time I saw him after that was, um, we actually, we did get an interview and we used it in Paisley Pattern, the Glasgow Doctor Who Group fanzine. Um, saw him again that November when he was at the Paisley event with JNT and saw him on and off, but just more recently, I've seen him quite a lot. Swapped emails a few times, you know, for a quick chat for Vortex or something like that. Had the pleasure of spending some time in his company again at another big finish day. And we just we just sat and chatted to him like he was an uncle. He's just, you know, really benevolent, kindly, you know, friendly. He's interested in what you have to say. And um, I got to interview him for the Daily Record the day after uh, Peter Capaldi's first episode had been on. And uh, just saying that he you know, thought Capaldi was great, thought he was a great choice for the Doctor. And but one of the other times I saw him was in 2017 at the London Film and Comic Convention, which I went to with a couple of friends. And um, this was just after the actress Jodie Whittaker had been mentioned as having a new job. And uh, he was seeing a few comments, which I, I wrote down after he came on and said, do you mind not using what I said there? That was just, you know, very much this is for the fans, not for anywhere else. And it was absolutely great. In fact, just remembered, Dave, did you go to the free event with Sylvester in 1995? It was May 95 that he did in Glasgow, the Ingram Hotel. No, that, that, was, that was the same place for the, the Colin Baker one took place. I, th I think it was a bit earlier than that. I missed it. I think I was still working at Stateside Comics at that point. Um, I missed right. it. I was Because I remember it's May 95 because Aberdeen were playing Hearts in the relegation playoffs and uh, we managed to win. And, well, no, we won at Tynecastle for the first time in like 10 years and avoided relegation. And I dashed, I'd actually dashed back so I could be at the McCoy event in Glasgow and he mentioned at that time oh Paul McGann is the next he's going to be the next doctor and I'll hopefully be going over to do some shooting there in the new year and this is like you know seven months before it was announced and McCoy actually revealed it to a room full of fans and that, what what was my head thinking I could have made a fortune if I'd sold that to the papers there we go that's it Sylvester McCoy very very nice man in fact last time I interviewed him for Scottish Field. He was in a show in Edinburgh. I'd been sent a press release about it and I thought I'll get a wee word with him if I can. So I dropped him an email and five minutes later he phoned me and had a quick chat. So that's Sylvester McCoy. Paul McGann. Tom. I'd forgotten about Paul McGann. I was, in my head I was thinking, oh, the next one's uh, Chris Recklesen. Yeah, I, I met Paul. Guess where I met Paul. Any prizes for guessing? Was it, was it at the, the Royal Mail event for the, the launch of their commemorative Doctor Who stamps? It was in 2013. Indeed. It was indeed. In fact... He was standing talking to Jenna Coleman when I approached them and got my photograph taken. I inserted myself right between a pair of them uh, and chatted to both of them uh, very, very briefly. But yeah, that was a really nice experience. Dave? Nope. Same on stage at the, Pano at the Panopticon 2003 convention. But nope, never met him in your life. I'd love to because he's just so cool. <laughs> nope, nor I. I was, again, I saw him at Panopticon. He was standing about three feet away at the bar from me, but never met him. I was actually going to last year until COVID struck as he was coming up to do a narration at the Hippodrome Film Festival in Bones, uh, which is an annual event. And he was going to just narrate this silent film at their festival, but COVID cancelled that. So I never got to meet him there. And I mean, I've emailed him and um, been in touch for a big finish day last year when I booked him. And he was fantastic for that, but um, never actually interviewed him. John Hurt, or Sir John Hurt, did anybody ever get to meet him? Nope. 
No. 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 Nope. Nor I. Christopher Eccleston. Same again. Nope. No. No. Nope. Nope. Nor I. Although <laughs> I'd love to, but uh, no. How about we, Davy Tennant? Davy Tennant. I'll go first on this. Actually, I'm. I have a feeling that I must have met him, or our paths must have crossed, given that we both grew up in Paisley in the 80s and all that sort of stuff, and that his family shall we say, were represented or patients of the, the surgery where my mum was the practice nurse. We were feeling, but my, um, I've never met myself, but the day before Matt Smith's first episode went out, the day before the 11th Hours podcast, my sister was at work because my sister worked in HMB for a few years as well. Alison was at work in HMB, Socky Hall Street, and DT was in Glasgow making a programme called Single Father. Oh, it was ages ago now, I suppose. I must be 11 years ago, that was, that was, that was a really good series. DT was in the shop. Alison didn't spot him. A couple, she'd spotted a couple of girls being a bit giggly and then someone else pointed him out. So Alison went over and said hello and sort of said, you know, you're in Glasgow. Do you want to come round to ours tomorrow to watch Matt Smith's first episode? He um, gracefully declined. And I was like, oh, that'd be great if he came round. She thought, I meant round to mine. Didn't mean round to yours. And I was like, oh, you dirty. So, so Alison got a photograph with him in their HMV uniform in HMV Socky Hall Street. So that was cool. But I've never met him, sadly. Tom, I believe you may have met David Tennant on Labour Party business. Uh, it wasn't really Labour Party business. There was a reception at the House of Commons. Oh, no, when was it about twenty ten? So it was just as he was leaving the the show. I think it was called the the Performers Alliance was the name of the organisation. And I introduced myself to him. Got my and a, a colleague. Took a number of photographs of us having a chat, which is very nice of her because they're very good photographs. And there's one where I can't remember for the life of me why I'm showing him my phone at the time. I'm holding my phone and we're both looking at the screen. And when when uh, Kerry, who took the photographs, when she gave me that photograph, I put it on my blog and I put the caption underneath it. And here's one of you taking out the bins two weeks ago, which which I thought was really amusing. Uh, not everyone. <laughs> I don't remember much of what was said. We spoke about. I think it must have been some considerable time before the 2010 election. It may have been the 2010 election. Anyway, um, I asked him at the time when I said to him, "Can I use this photograph that's being taken of us in my party election literature?" Because I didn't know that it was a, such a strong Labour Party support at the time. I just took a, a risk, and he didn't. He wasn't familiar with the phrase election literature and I had to explain you know just leaflets and he said yeah fine he didn't seem all that enthusiastic but yeah that following you know once uh, over Christmas uh, Doctor Who magazine carried a, uh, an interview with him which which turned out he was a very strong Labour supporter and yeah. um, you know just as he was leaving leaving the role I think he said some things that he probably wasn't didn't feel that able to say when he was when he was still in the role and and at the subsequent election when we were going through photographs to use it in the leaflets, we had a choice of either putting a photograph of me with Gordon Brown or a photograph of me with David Tennant. Yeah, there was there was a fairly overwhelming approval for the David Tennant picture. We didn't bother. Using, <laughs> we, we didn't bother using the one with Gordon. Amazing! <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I've had two brushes with Mr. Tennant in my life, and various other sort of like ones in passing. Again, I do wonder if he was at the Paisley events in 92 and 93, given that he was a student at the Conservatoire at the time. I do wonder if he was there. And this is a question I'm desperate to ask him when I next get a chat with him and hopefully get one for Big Finish for Vortex. Then that is going to be my first question, the killer question, because we all need to know this. My other encounters, one was before he became the Doctor, was when he was in a theatre show in Edinburgh. He was... And I cannot remember what the show was from the life of me. He'd done some big Finnish stuff. And there were a few of us from the Edinburgh sort of Glasgow Doctor Who groups who went along and said hello to him in the bar after the show. And he was lovely. And I mean, this is a good, this is probably about 2003, I'm thinking, possibly. And the next time was in March 2006, when I got an invite along to the press launch for David's first season as the Doctor when they showed Tooth and Claw, obviously being set in Scotland, it was a, a great choice for an episode. And you had various people along, like Russell T, Billy Piper, Stephen Moffat, um, Phil Collins, and quite a lot of the production staff, people from the mill. And it was just basically a nice wee jolly for them up to Glasgow and got to sit, watch Tooth and Claw in a private theatre, sort of radio room, and uh, watch that when David was in the room and all the others. And then afterwards they had the 
the press stuff so you get to ask them questions and things like that so it was really good fun got to got to do that and after that had all finished i went over and said hello and um chit chat stuff and mentioned that i was a friend of hamish wilson who's the elder jamie of course he passed away last year and asked because hamish couldn't remember if david had been a student when he was lecturing in radio technique at the rsmd as was and david said no he wasn't i knew that he, there was a hamish wilson there but i wasn't in his class and he never realised it was the same Hamish Wilson as the mind robber Hamish Wilson, and he was quite uh, he was quite a be, quite bemused and tickled by that at the same time. So yeah, that was my David Tennant encounters to date. But what about young Matthew Smith? No relation to myself, Dave. Nope. Thomas. Nope. Nope. Nor I. Now, Dave, <laughs> tell us about Peter Capaldi. Yes. Actually, there's one. There's one. One chat we could mention actually kind of falls between kind of David Tennant and Matt Smith. Um, if you cast your mind back to the 2008 Christmas special, The Next Doctor. Um, no, he doesn't count. We're not well, counting we're, him. We're not doing all that. I we're not doing my, that. No, or else I could throw an unbound doctors. We're not going for that. <laughs> tell us about Peter Capaldi. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the half now. I don't want to play. No, this was about four years ago, coming up four years. It must have been towards the end of his three or four episodes left of his his um his TV his last his final series on TV at the time. I was standing outside Queen Street Station waiting for my bus to get me out to Glasgow, HMV Glasgow Fort and I literally I just bought the new issue of Doctor magazine and had it in my bag and all that and stuff and sort of standing just looking around and then I looked to my left and saw walking towards me basically dressed as the doctor black jeans long black coat sort of black top underneath the the hair and the shades, and then a very similar method to the way that I spoke to David Morrissey in the story you're not letting me tell. I heard myself talking to him before I even fully registered who it was. I just kind of stepped forward, off my hand said, Peter, can I just say hi? Because um, it was that Peter Capaldi, indeed. Shook hands, he commented on my British Sea Power t-shirt, said he was a big fan. I asked him if it was okay to get a photograph, and he said, of course. He took a quick selfie, and I said, um, you know, I'm gutted that you're going. And I was, I still am, got it that he went. Um, and he said, oh, I'm not done yet. And off he went. It was amazing. <laughs> and I got straight on the WhatsApp, sending photograph around to as many people as possible. Yes, I remember getting it and being immensely jealous. But uh, Tom, <laughs> I know that you've met Peter. Uh, you're wrong. I have you're never you've, met Peter. You've been in the same room as him. I've been in the same room as him because he was, he, he, he was at the annual... Um, Christmas preview of the Christmas episode that the MPs were invited to, and uh, uh, and that's where I always met up with Stephen again. Uh, but I, it was a, it was a strange. The last one was kind of strange because it's very very busy, and MPs bring along their kids, and we brought our kids along. And you know, there's a queue of kids waiting to speak to to Peter, and I just didn't feel it was entirely appropriate for me to barge in in front of the line of queue of kids to start monopolising his time. Now, my wife, Carolyn, did not have such uh, reservations. She looked at the queue and decided that she was going to advance her own children at the expense of others, and she just grabbed them and shoved her way to the front of the queue, threw them in front of Peter Cabal and introduced herself to him. And he was lovely and <laughs> got photographs taken and everything, but I I left him to it. I, 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 I opted out of meeting Peter Capaldi. Now, this was the last Christmas screening, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Yes, because I was there too. I was down covering that for the Daily Records. You probably met and, him and I didn't. Yeah, because I remember we'd, we'd a good chat because we're obviously quite surprised to see each other and had a good a good natter and a blether. And we stood behind Jenna Coleman. And I think we both agreed that she's one of the most stunning women in the world that we'd ever seen. Flawless skin and a lovely figure. But I was chatting with Edward Russell, who was the Doctor Who brand manager. And because I'd exchanged a few emails with him over the years about bits and bobs. And he said, oh, so you've come all the way down from Glasgow for this? And I, yep. And I'd got a few quotes from Peter when he'd done the sort of like the chit chat in the hall. So I'd scribbled all that down. So I got my story and it was fine. And he said, would you like to meet Peter? And it's like, well, yeah, you're talking about one of my favourite actors from the past 20 odd years so yes please Edward went off and um, I was chatting to my friend Darren who was there covering it for Gay Times and um, Edward came back and said just you can just come with me just come over here and took me over and introduced me to Peter 
And uh, this is Kenny. He's come down from Glasgow all the way just to, to see the event. And Peter was just like, oh, my God, I can't believe you've done that. It's so kind of you. Thank you so much for coming. Grabbed my hand and shook it for two and a half minutes solid. <laughs> and Darren got pictures of this, which I've got on my phone. And I'm just so proud of these. It looks like I'm shaking his hand. But no, 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 no. Um, Peter is Mr. Shaky Hand Man. Incidentally, Mr. Shaky Hand Man from Banzai is a huge Doctor Who fan. And he isn't Japanese. So, yes, that was my... Have your hand since? Have you um, washed your hands since? It's, as you can, if you look at it now, it's glowing bright green. So, no. Um, so that was my meeting with Peter Capaldi, and I genuinely could not have been more excited. Lovely, lovely man. Wanted to know where in Glasgow is from, and, and we, we just chatted about real stuff. And no, I don't think we mentioned the words Doctor or Police Box or TARDIS once. Yeah. So it was yeah. really, really nice. Just nice lovely, lovely guy. I was so excited the time I bumped into him like that, because it's the only time I've ever actually met the Doctor whilst they've been the Doctor. You know, on TV, it was really, it was a real thrill. Yeah, well, I've thoroughly enjoyed hearing these. It's, it's great to sort of hear how <laughs> we've got these actors, and we've all had our encounters with them at different times in different places. It's just so nice to hear how it all comes together, and we've all got our sort of collective memories. Absolutely. So remember to follow us on Twitter at Power of Three Pod. You can find our Facebook page, so feel free to come along and like the page and comment. Leave nice things, please. And of course, you can visit our website, which is www.powerof3pod, that's the number three pod.com, where you can find previous episodes and catch up with those you may have missed. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your company. I've enjoyed hearing your anecdotes, especially Tom's encounter with Sylvester McCoy. Brilliant. That will live long. That will go down in annals of great anecdotes of history. Indeed. Indeed. Dave, thank you for yours. Dave, say farewell. Yep, it's a pleasure. Thanks for listening, folks. Take care, be good. Take care, everyone. Goodbye. Tom? Sayonara, ladies and gentlemen. Tune in again next time. And for me, Kenny, I'd like to say farewell. Since we have been talking about the various doctors in person, we'll play out today with a tune from the Human League titled Tom Baker. Bye-bye. I've never heard that song.